0: Hi, everyone. It's Carter. A quick disclaimer before the episode. Riley and I are teachers in the real world. That's not made up for the show. But one thing we do make up are students. Riley and I take our roles as public community members seriously and would never use the real names or personal experiences of students in our classes, past or present. As such, any student names you hear us say are made up on the spot, and stories about our classes are highly editorialized for entertainment. Also, we like to keep our show clean of inappropriate language or content, but we feel that the stories themselves should be read without censorship of language. A content warning will be in the show's description in case we need one. That's it. Enjoy The Fable Fellas.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Fable Fellas Fairy Tales Told Unfairly. I'm your host, Riley. And I'm Carter. And once again, we come to you live with a couple of great question mark stories. Some of them might be fun. Some of them might be weird. Very few of them will probably be written in a way that you would think, hey, that's a well-written story.
0: That's right, Riley, and I'm uh, I'm on site here uh, in my home office, which is the living room table with a computer on it, and I'm holding in my hands a book called *The Junior Classics: One Fairy Tales and Fables* by the Poplar Edition from Collier Books. Uh, I gotta say, it's a fine day, if a little bit cloudy. And I was gonna say there's not a cloud in the sky, but I've already I've already proven that not to be true. How's it in the studio?
1: Oh, you know things are. Wow! Wow! I whiffed that immediately. <laughs> I'm very tired. <laughs> Carter, how's the school year going for you so far? As I recall, this is your first year in a physical classroom, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm exhausted all the time, and it's been really good. The kids are really fun. That's the kids are the best part, and Absolutely. I have to learn so many curriculums. And there's like grading, and there's like you know, emails and there's like, there's all the little things like rearranging table groups and changing classroom jobs and stuff that I'm like, I can't just get here the half hour before the kids get up. It's just not possible.
1: Yeah. Um, No one really prepares you for just how much
0: work it really is. Like it's so there's so much to do all the time. And if you like there's stuff that's not going to get done from time to time or from all the time to time. And it's kind of incredible just, like, how... If you were to, like, really truly try to leave work at work and show up the half hour before you need to be there and the, and leave the half hour after the kids go, I mean, you would not get everything done that you need done by all, by far.
1: It's but true. Honestly, Case it in what point, I have be nothing doing.
0: prepared for the next week of school yet. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, we're starting a brand new unit and I have not read it. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been doing, I've been trying to grade. I'm so behind.
1: Well, then I guess what I guess I know what we're doing once this episode is over.
0: No, I'm not doing work on the weekends. I refuse.
1: <sighs> yeah, I want to do. I want to do that too. But since I have a whopping zero percent of anything planned for this upcoming week, I kind of, you know,
0: make something
1: well, up. <laughs> yeah, I'll make something up.
0: Just stay on the spot. Be like, what do you teach journalism? Just be like, go research some. Go find the... Uh, just t- say this to them. Be like, hey, today, go find the story. And, like, really look at them meaningfully, you know? Like, a, <laughs> in a sort of Robin williams yeah, yeah, I've got like. to
1: come into class. I've got to be wearing a tweed jacket with arm pads yeah. on, even though it's sweltering hot in the afternoons right now because of the nearby <laughs> forest fires. And I'll just be sweating bullets as I say, Okay, today just go, go, go find the story. Go find the story.
0: No, if you do it like that, they're going to know that you weren't prepared. Yeah. You've got to really, you got to give it like a, a zesty hook. you got to be like, all right, everybody. Listen.
1: Kids, there are stories everywhere. Exactly. All you have to do is open your eyes and listen. Now, today I task you to find that story. It could be your story. It could be a friend's story. It could be the story of your family. But whatever that story is, you've got to start telling it. Also, show me with your thumbs if you want me to put on music. (laughs) 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 Mr. Frasier, I haven't done the bell ringer yet. Shut up, Tristan. (laughs) Speaking of made-up stories, you want to hear more of the Z-Fighter? Yes, I do. So, on the last episode, we finally, finally saw a zombie. Many zombies in the back of a truck. That was brought here by a panda man.
0: Panda. A man. Amanda.
1: Amanda. 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 Huh. One of the horrid creatures tried to lean its chained body over the metal grate, Mm -hmm. keeping them in. In a flash, Riley's sword left the scabbard and lopped the head off with a swift thunk. The head fell to the floor. Riley kicked the head towards the panda man in disgust. You've been rounding up zombies and selling them to the highest bidder, you evil son of a... I wouldn't expect you to comprehend my motives, the panda man said, with a sigh, as if disappointed. We come from two very different worlds. Riley stared at him hatefully. Your world, he gestured to the van and its macabre cargo behind him, has torn my city apart. If your world promotes this destruction, then I want no part of it. He wheeled around and then began hacking decayed heads off one by one.
0: You little puke!
1: Skulls howled angrily, held by Kyle's firm handcuffs. I paid over 50 mil for those things! For th- Again, for things that he can just find on the street. Is it mil? Mil. Like million. Nobody says mil out loud. Well, apparently Skulls does. <laughs> Whoopsie. What a true villain. Kyle yanked Skulls backwards and grabbed his head, pushed him to the cold concrete floor with a thud. Have those metal bulbs in your forehead filled your brain with rust? Kyle questioned. Sure, Kyle. These things have overrun the world and brought us down a notch on the food chain, and you want to use them for your own personal gain? They don't sleep, they don't think, they don't feel pain, and they don't take commands. Kyle's voice rose along with his anger. Is reclaiming your power so important that you'd actually protect the undead? Shut up, Skulls screamed, thrashing madly. <laughs> I had to fight my way up through this brutal life from a weak little sea urchin, and I refuse to be a nothing again. Okay, sympathetic backstory for the guy named Skulls.
0: Yeah, boy, I'm on Skulls' side. I feel like Kyle's got some deep-seated uh, trauma that he's sort of letting out right now. You think so? I don't think it's appropriate. Do you think he's... He should... he f- he should he be leaving th- it. He should be talking to a counselor. He shouldn't be taking out his hate and his uh, all of this, all of this violent tendency on uh, on crime bosses who sell zombies. <laughs> there's
1: there's no counselors in the zombie apocalypse, Carter.
0: No, but there's a f- fifty
1: million dollar suits. Suddenly, another collection of grisly moans came from two different directions at once. Everyone gazed nervously around the room. Dozens of lumbering corpses were making their way up the on-ramp, dragging their decomposing limbs across oh, no. the ground. Over by the mall entrance, a zombie was crawling over the metal grate, dragging the bloody hole where its torso should have been. A subsequent horde of the undead was following close behind it. Oh, it. seems a little skirmish has attracted the locals, the panda man said in amusement. He then raised his hand, revealing a small device with a red button. With a <laughs> click... Four synchronized beeps rang from the van doors, following by the clanking and clattering of a series of chains unshackling and falling to the ground. "'Oh, crap,' Ravi said, exasperatedly, darting away from the van. "'Oh, crap,' Kyle said, stepping away from Skulls. "'Oh, crap!' DJ and Ron said as they opened the car doors and ran for the exit. "'Oh, crap!' the thugs and armed men all shouted in unison. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the panda man laughed out loud and raised his arms let my children eat and that's where Whoa. we'll stop for today
0: oh my gosh so he just let out like there was a horde of zombies coming and so the panda man's like i'll just add my zombies too pretty much yeah I'll just put my zombies on the pile of zombies That mm-hmm. that is intense yeah
1: thankfully i at least knew how to establish tension if not how to write dialogue
0: everyone's just saying a crap at once like it's a little comedy i can see like the the movie of that happening in your brain as you're writing it yeah it's like all the all the cuts to the different characters no one knows the cinematic way my brain views things like you do if we um if we went back to it i bet you you would like watched a movie where that kind of thing had happened like within a week of writing this story (laughs) maybe yeah would you like to hear an old story from ireland Absolutely. This one is from Ireland as well, but it is not by Joseph Jacobs. It is by Seamus McManus. Seamus McManus. It's probably McManus, but I, it, I like how it rhymes with Seamus. Yeah. If I say Seamus, Seamus McManus. There once was a man named Seamus McManus. Hi, diddle, hi diddle hi And he wrote a story called Connell and Donal and Tag, not to be confused with Hudden and Dudden and Donald O'Neary. But they probably knew each other. They probably knew each other. These guys are all brothers, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, which is kind of, you sort of have to pick up on that. The, the book never really kind of outright tells you that they're brothers. So you Yeah, it's all in the subtext. subtext. It's all in the subtext, so I'm just kind of letting you all know now. <clears throat> Once there were three brothers named Connell, Donal, and Tag, and they fell out regarding which of them owned a field of land. This is all right. So we're starting with conflict right Mm -hmm. away. Here we go. One of them had as good a claim to it as the other. And the claims of all of them were so equal that none of the judges, whomsoever they went before, could decide in favor of one more than the other. That sentence is in dire, dire need of some editing. (laughs) You mean one of them had as good a claim to it as the other and the claims of all of them were so equal that none of the judges whomsoever they went before could decide in favor of one more than the other? <laughs> yep, that's the one. That sentence, <laughs> there's only very bre- two sentences in this story so far. <laughs> I'm going to break out my purple editing pen on that one. <laughs> At length, they went to one judge who was very wise indeed and had a great name, and every one of them stated his case to him. Now, what I, was his I name? Know, I, right, exactly. <laughs> So that means he has a good reputation in the in the story, but I like to read that as his awesome. His I, it doesn't say what his name is, so we got to make one up. Uh, I'm gonna say his name was
1: Gallison Haypenny. Gallison Haypenny.
0: That's what hey I came Penny. up with. Which is yeah. that his name was, it was just Hudge. He was a Judge Hudge. Hudge. <laughs> judge <laughs> spelled J U G. It's spelled the same way, but you just pronounce the J with an H. <laughs> What did you say? Galveston? Gallison Haypenny. Gallison Haypenny. Okay. Gallison Haypenny sat on the bench and heard Connell's case and Donald's case and Tag's case all through with very great patience. When the three of them finished, he said he would take a day and a night to think it all over. And on the day after, when they were all called into court again, Gallison Haypenny said that he had weighed the evidence on all sides with all the deliberation it was possible to give it. And he decided that none of them had into the shadow of a shade of a claim more than the other. So that he found Great. himself facing the greatest puzzle he had ever faced in his life. How, when did that sentence even start? Wow, that sentence, that's maybe the longest sentence I've ever read. Yeah. <laughs> and it got us nowhere, it got us nowhere <laughs> with the plot at all. Yeah. But, says he, no puzzle puzzles me long. I'll very soon decide which of you will get the field. You seem to me to be three pretty lazy looking fellows. (laughs) Wow, rude. I mean he is a judge though, so he can be judging. Yeah, that's true. I'll give the field to whichever the three of you is the laziest. What? Why? (laughs) Because Galvis and Haypenny is that kind of guy. Well, and why not give rate? it to the
1: one that's going to make the most out of the field? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, cuz it's like the um, I'm going to give this field to whoever is going to do the least with it. Galveston Haypenny is like an old grandfather of uh, of Bill Gates. This is this, this is that thing. This is you always hire the lazy people cuz they're going to get it done the fastest. So they uh, continue Oh, to be lazy. okay. Some wisdom of Solomon going on. Yeah, exactly. He's got I he, Listen, it says that he's the wisest hudge in all the land, so there's got to be a reason. All right, let's see. That right, says Connell, it's me gets the field, for I am the laziest man of the lot. How lazy are you, says the judge, Uh, says Galvison. Well, says Connell, if I were lying in the middle of the road and there was a regiment of troopers come galloping down it, I'd sooner let them ride over me than take the bother of getting up and going to the one side. (laughs) Well, well said Galvison Haypenny. you are a lazy man surely and i doubt if donald or tag could be as lazy as that oh faith says donald i'm just every bit as lazy are you said Galvison Heypenny. how lazy are you well how said donald, lazy is he i'm so lazy that if i was sitting right close to a big fire and you piled on it all the turf in the in a townland and all the wood in a barrenry Sooner than have to move, I'd sit there till the boiling marrow would run out of my bones. Wow. (laughs) This man's so lazy that he doesn't have a sense
1: of (laughs) self-preservation.
0: Well, says Galveston, hey, Penny, you're a pretty lazy man, Donald, and I doubt if Tag is as lazy as either of you. Indeed, then, says Tag, I'm every bit as lazy. How can that be, said Galveston, hey, Penny. Well, says Tag, if I was lying on the broad of my back in the middle of the floor and looking up at the rafters, and if soot, drew, if soot drops were falling as thick as hailstones from the rafters into my open eyes, I would let them drop there for the length of the long day sooner than take the bother of closing the eyes. Okay, but you wouldn't let the marrow in your bones start leaking out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one seems like the worst one, the laziest yeah. one. That feels like Donald. Donald's sort of taking it. Well, said uh, Mr. Haypenny. that's very wonderful entirely. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, great. Wow, cool. Awesome. All of you are very normal people, and I'm glad that this is my job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in as great a quandary as before. Gosh, he's a useless judge. For I see you are the three laziest men that ever were known since the world began. And which of you is the laziest, it certainly beats me to say. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give the field to the oldest man of you. <sighs> then, says Cottle, it's me gets the field. How is that, said Galvison, Hey, Penny, how old are you? Well, I'm that old. That when I was 21 years of age, I got a shipload of alls and never lost nor broke one of them. And I wore out the last of them yesterday, mending my shoes. This is
1: not, this is not an everyone takes turns. One of them's 27. The other two are
0: 25. The 27 is... year old gets the farm. <laughs> they didn't have records of this last, you know, they didn't uh... have this, uh, written down. Well, well, says the, said Galveston. Haypenny, you're surely an old man. And I doubt very much that Donald and Tag can catch up to you. Can't I, says Donald, take care of that. Why, said Galvis and Heypenny, how old are you? When I was twenty-one years of age, I got a shipload of needles, and yesterday I wore out the last of them, mending my clothes. Well, uh, well, said Galvis and Heypenny, you two are very, very old men, to be sure, and I'm afraid poor Tag is out of his chance anyhow. Take care of that, said Tag. Why, said Galvis and Heypenny, how old are you, Tag? says Tag. When I was 21 years of age, I got a shipload of razors, and yesterday I had the last of them worn to a stump, shaving myself. That just means that you shave a lot. He could have, like, a huge beard. (laughs) Tag's got just a massive beard, and (laughs) everyone's looking at him going, like, you don't shave, Tag. (laughs) We've talked about this. You always say that you need to go, it's, in fact, I've been meaning to bring this up with you, Tag. You always say that you're getting ready because you're shaving? And your beard is just... You've never not had the beard. (laughs) What do you do, Tag? (laughs) Well, says the judge, I've often heard tell of old men, he says, but anything as old as what you three are never was known since Methuselah's cat died. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The like of your ages i never heard tell of, and which of you is the oldest that surely beats me to decide. This and I'm judge a... <laughs> is so ineffectual. <laughs> He's not a good hudge. Uh, I'm in a quandary again, but I'll tell you what I'll do, says the judge. Says he. I'll give the field to whichever you, whichever of you remembers the longest. God. Well, if that's it, says Connell, it's me gets the field, for I, I remember when. <laughs> By the way, it says, I'll give the field to whichever of you minds the longest, and then in brackets it says that minds means remembers.
1: Oh, great. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Thank- <laughs> that's what you get when Shamus McManus is at the helm. You get these nice little uh, asides to translate some of the more old, old uh, lexicon. Well, if that's it, it's me gets the field, for I mind the time when if a man tramped on a cat, he used not to give it a kick to console it. <sighs> Hold on. I have to Let me try again. It's me who gets the field, for I mind I remember the time when if a man tramped on a cat... He usent, U-S-E-N apostrophe T, he He usent, used, maybe that's supposed to be used, he used, he usent to give it a kick to console it. Why would that
1: console it?
0: What's that mean? Maybe that just means that just men were just super hard back then, (laughs) like... Yeah. If I stepped on a cat, I'd kick it to make it feel better.
1: I remember when men weren't so soft. <laughs> men
0: were, men didn't used to. Be Before so soft. the liberal elite said that we couldn't <laughs> kick a cat. What's next if we can't kick cats? are <laughs> you going to be telling us next not to beat our children? <laughs> well, maybe. May, 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 well, may. well, yeah. Maybe don't do that. Yeah, maybe don't. Well, 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 says Galveston. Hey, Penny. <laughs> that must be a long mind that must be a long mind entirely and I'm afraid, Connell you have the field not so quick, says Donald for I remember the time when a woman wouldn't speak an ill word of her best friend so it's it's not just men who are getting the crit- the critique yeah, oh, god God forbid it has so been this a is...
1: while since last time we heard this book make a women am I right joke
0: so this is saying that women have, since for as long as can be remembered, that women have always said bad things about their friends. hmm That's sad. Not appropriate. Shamus. Shame on Shamus, McManus. Manus. All right. Well, Tag, your memory can't compare with Connell's and Donnells, Can't it? Says Tag. <laughs> says he. Take care Unless. of that. For I, remember... The time when you wouldn't find nine liars in a crowd of ten men. These really are just, like, three old conservative people. Yeah. (laughs) Just like... (laughs) The real name of this should be the very first
1: ever Fox News airing.
0: (laughs) Women used to be nicer. Men, people didn't (laughs) used to be liars. And I can't kick cats anymore. (laughs) What's the... What happened to my America? (laughs) Where my my country gone? (laughs) oh ho, ho, says the judge that memory of yours tag must be a wonderful one such memories as you three men have were never known before and which of you has the greatest memory it beats me to say but i'll tell you what i'll do now i'll give the field to whichever of you has the keenest sight then says connell says he it's me gets the field because says because he. i can see that
1: we need to make our
0: country <laughs> great again <laughs>
1: As long as we're keeping up this non-stop, just... <laughs> this nonstop echo chamber of...
0: Old... <laughs> it just keeps going, Carter! Where does it end? I know, right? Um, it doesn't. If I okay. was a fly perched on the top of... No, if there was a fly perched on the top of Yon Mountain ten miles away, I could tell you every time he blinked. You have wonderful sight, Connell, says the judge. And I'm afraid you've got the field.
1: Honestly, Take I would I, I would fact tunnel. check
0: that. I would say, okay, yeah. prove it. Do it
1: now. Tell me when that fly blanks.
0: Um, I've got it as... <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, uh, sh- oh, you don't know? What, you can't one. see the fly on that mountain? No, I meant that's one. Fu- that's, fu- tw- that's funny. Tw- two now. It's twice oh, 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 really? Twice times. Three times. Hmm? Four. Yep, yeah, that was a <laughs> double blank, so six, seven.
1: Well, here's something that might shock and discredit you. Uh, there's no fly up there.
0: <gasps> and now we have to execute Carl. <laughs> take care says donald but i've got as good for i could tell you whether it was a moat in his eye that made him blink or not that that's not as impressive as being able to see a fly on a mountaintop well that's the thing he's saying i can see that fly on the mountaintop and i can tell you why he's blinking oh, if it's just naturally okay, blinking, okay, okay, or if okay. he got some if like a fleck landed in his eye or something okay that makes ha, more sense. Ah, says Mr. Haypenny. says he. That is wonderful sight, surely, Tag. Oh, Tag, says he. I pity you, for you have no chance for the field now. That, Mr. Haypenny has learned nothing from these three <laughs> brothers. Tag, sorry, you probably don't have anything to say, right? Have I not, says Tag. I can tell you from here whether the fly was in good health or not by counting his heartbeats!
1: <laughs> that's not seeing,
0: that's hearing! <laughs> Well, well, well," says Mister. Heypenny. "I'm in as great a quandary as ever. You are three of the most wonderful men that ever I met, and no mistake. But I'll tell Carter, you, Carter, is do.
1: this just like what it's like to listen to your children talking on a regular basis? Like, <laughs> I'm so strong that I could I could lift the world. I could lift the whole world.
0: <laughs> the oh, whole, the whole world up. I'm. They do try to one up each other like that all the time. It's pretty funny. I'll give the field to the supplest man of you. Uh I don't that might
1: that might that might be uh, that might be grounds to dismiss this judge on sexual
0: harassment. This might be a uh I think it's like a dexterity thing. Well, let's see what they say to try to understand what supplest means. Thank you says Connell. The field is mine. Why if so <laughs> says Mr. Heypenny. Because, says Connell, says he, if you filled that field with hares and put a dog in the middle of them, and then tied one of my legs up my back, I would not let one of those hares get out. So. Okay, yeah, probably dexterous. The field the, yeah, if you filled the field up with the rabbits, tied one of my legs to my back, and then put a dog in the field, I would make sure that all the rabbits stayed in the field. Incredible. Then Connell says, Mr. Haypenny, I think the field is yours. By the leave of your judgment, not yet, says Donald. I want want Gals and Hay Perry to just say,
1: Donald, shut up! I'm (laughs) tired! I want to go home to my wife and my kids! Your brother gets the farm!
0: Leave me alone! Give it to Tag, I
1: don't want it! I don't care!
0: (laughs) Surely you are not as supple as that, Donald. Am I not? Says Donald. Do you see that old castle over there without door or window or roof on it? Because this is, this is Ireland, remember? They can just point mm-hmm. to castles whenever the heck they want. Mm-hmm. And the wind blowing in and out through it's like an iron gate. I do, says Galveston, hey, Penny. What about it? Well, says Donald, says he, if on the stormiest day of the year, you had that castle filled with feathers, I would not let a feather be lost or go ten yards from the castle until I had caught and put it in again. Well, surely, says Galveston, hey, Penny, says he, you are a supple man, <laughs> Donald, no mistake. Tag, he says, there is no chance for you now. Don't be too sure, says Tag. Why, says the judge, you couldn't surely do anything to equal those things, says Tag, says he. I can shoe the swiftest racehorse in the land when he is galloping at his topmost speed by driving a nail every time he lifts his foot. Carter, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so tired, Carter. What well, well, at? well, says the judge. Surely you're the three most wonderful men that ever I (laughs) did meet. The likes of you never was known before, and I suppose the likes of you will never be on the earth again. There is only one other trial. And if this doesn't decide, I'll have to give it up. I'll give the field to the cleverest man amongst you. Uh. Then, says Connell, says he, you may as well give it to me at once. Why, are you that clever, Connell? Says Galveston, hey, Penny. I am that clever, I am that clever that I would make a skin-fit suit of clothes for a man without any more measurement than to tell me the color of his hair. That's not (laughs) Uh, uh. (laughs) clever. I'm I'm just steering into the torture of this. Then boys, says the judge, I think the case is decided. Oh no, you don't. Not so quick, my friend, says Donald. Not so quick why donald says mr Haypenny, you are surely not cleverer than that am i not says donald why says the judge what can you do donald why says donald we're on the last page now i would make a skin fit suit for a man and give me no more measurement than let me hear him cough also insane yeah <laughs> everybody's just losing it in this courthouse Well, 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 says the judge, says he. The cleverness of you two boys beats all I have ever heard of. Tag, you idiot. Poor Tag, I hate you. (laughs) You fool. You fool, there's no possible way. Whatever chance, whatever chance either of these two may have for the field, I'm very, very sorry for you, but you have no chance. You absolute slack-jawed buffoon. Don't be so sure of that, says Tag. (laughs) Why, says the judge, says he. Surely, Tag, you can't be as clever as either of them. How clever are you, Tag? "Well," says Tag, says he, "if I was a judge and too stupid to decide a case that came up before me, I'd be that clever that I'd look wise and give some decision." Oh, 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 oh. Tag says the judge, <laughs> says he, "I've gone into this case and deliberated upon it, and by all the laws of right and justice, I find and decide that you get the field." <gasps> The end.
1: (laughs) You can hear my cat crying over in the corner, too. It's okay, Cleo. The story's over. The nightmare is done. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Come here, Cleo. My sweet girl. I love you.
0: I don't even know what what you thought
1: about that story. Yeah, me too.
0: Wow, we got that one on. We got that one down, recorded.
1: <laughs> Cleo's very talkative.
0: Wow, so you gotta, you convincing someone, showing somebody that they need to save face wins you all the field. Yep. I can knit somebody a full outfit if I just know the color of their hair. Brilliant. I th- Brilliant stuff. I think this is probably one of the easiest
1: morals that we can identify is just there's nothing to gain from just continuing to entertain nonsense like this right. at some point you just need to make the decision
0: this is this is the pooper get off the pot story right what's i i just got so upset with mr Haypenny when he's like because he doesn't give anyone the chance to speak it's like if we as teachers were like okay what do you guys think you know what what do we all think of the uh you know where locate the capital of washington and then somebody raises their hand and you're like kyle all right you're probably going to be wrong but what do you think it is <laughs> yeah and then kyle goes olympia and then the teacher's like wow Amazing, wow, Kyle! You might be you're the cleverest man <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, probably nobody else in this room is as is could possibly be as smart as Kyle.
1: Yeah, Gallison Haypenny is in a constant state of negging these dudes, and then She's also like, so... greatly like overcompensating for their greatness. And so it's, it's either there's no way you're as smart as, and then yo, you're a titan among men.
0: My my impression here is also that in uh, perhaps it was common to just sort of maybe consider judges to be a little bit like silly or maybe even too serious that they wanted to uh, they had to poke fun at poke fun at a serious job. I think this is a farce based on the idea that judges are a little bit too serious and take themselves take themselves too seriously
1: oh yeah this is this is the first um, pl- this is the first social commentary of Ireland
0: yeah. <laughs> Seamus, Mc- Seamus McManus's big <laughs> <laughs> thrilling take on judgdom <laughs> yeah, Seamus McManus Cushedom. was the David Horsey of Ireland back in the day well my lord I don't even know what else to say I feel like that story just spoke for itself yeah it's and it spoke for us too it did Take us out of here. Alright,
1: thank you very much for joining us on Fable Fellows this week, everybody. If you like what you hear, you can find our backlog of episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're trying to get into the habit of updating a little more regularly, but in the future, expect just the usual nonsense from two dudes who love telling stories and love talking about them with each other. And we love you. And we love you. So until next time, I'm Riley. I am Carter. And we are the Fable Fellas. Keep it viddy, everybody.
0: Yeah.